Hi, want to throw some statistics at you. Children are four times more likely to be poor if this is happening in their lives. Kids are twice as likely to drop out of school if this is happening in their lives. Girls are twice as likely to suffer from obesity, four times more likely to get pregnant as teenagers. What's the issue with these children? Listen to find out on this episode of Real Time Truth. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes or less, you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things that you deal with every day in your home, your church, your community, and the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. And today, the topic we're dealing with is vitally important. I just want to read you a few stats that's kind of leading in what we're talking about here. We're talking about children living without a vitally important element Those who are living without this element are four times more likely to be poor. They're twice as likely to drop out of school. The research shows that girls in this situation are twice as likely to suffer from obesity. They're four times more likely to get pregnant as teenagers. And children growing up in this situation are twice as likely to commit suicide. And here's the deal. In a 2017 Department of Education study, it showed that 39%, that's one in, I mean, four out of 10 first through 12th grade students are in this situation. What are they growing up without? A father. And so today we're talking about the, the vital, and I keep saying that word, but that's just what it is, the vital impact that fathers have in homes. Now, I, I don't get to talk from experience in this episode. I praise the Lord that I don't have the experience of growing up without a father. I had a great home growing up. My dad was there. Uh, but Kevin and I saw this article, and we just knew that it was a podcast that we needed to do. So I guess to kind of couch this, and we talked about this just before the show, God's plan for marriage That's where this starts. God's plan for marriage is one man and one woman for one lifetime. That's it. And so as such, his parenting structure consists of a father and a mother, not one or the other, but both. They both bring something unique to the table. And whenever you take fathers out of that picture... Now you have a home that is, really, it's broken. The parenting structure is broken. That child is not getting what they need. Think about it. Uh, I think about my own kids and I, you know, they'll come to me later in the evening and they'll say, hey, dad, can I go outside and play? And it's like almost nine o'clock. And uh, they don't go and ask their mom. Okay. They come and ask me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, if you want to go outside and play at this time, go for it. And uh, and then my wife just runs out the door to catch them because that's what she brings to the table. My wife, their mom, she wants to nurture in a safe zone, whereas dad says, go try stuff, grow, learn, learn what not to do. And uh, and that's but the thing is, and it's not always the best advice. Not always. That's the reason why my wife is there. We balance each other out. And so but whenever you take the dad out of the out of the picture, you're missing that, that, I don't know if it would be right to say that adventurous and explosive element of, mm-hmm. of raising your child. Mm-hmm. And so, um, is there anything before we go any further that you want to hit with what we said? 
Yeah, I think uh, when when we were talking about this podcast in this episode, the thing that stuck out at me is that even a very liberal uh, group like NPR, National Public Radio, um, had this show, mm-hmm. and the title of it was "Poverty Dropouts, Pregnancy, Suicide: What the Numbers Say About Fatherless Kids." Now that's NPR. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying to even someone who's not a, a Christian or a, a Bible-believing person out there who's listening or somehow stumbled across this podcast is the fact that even in the secular world, people are recognizing the fact that when there's not a father in the home, there are more problems in that home. Yes. And I can hear some of you possibly even saying right now, yeah, we see the stats, we hear the stats, and they're talking about, yeah, fatherless kids and all this, and you're saying you can't make a direct correlation there that just because these kids are doing these things, it's not because they didn't have a dad in the home. I would, I would concede that only slightly, and that's because I don't, I haven't done the research myself. Mm-hmm. You may be flat wrong, and what we're saying is completely right. What I do want to point out is there is a connection. Most definitely. This is something that these all have in common. These tremendous numbers have this in common. They're growing up without dads. Yeah. And so, and moms, I hear you guys out there and, and you're saying, you know, well, moms are important too. Absolutely. Okay. I love my mom. Yes. Okay. Amen. But uh, today, we're a couple of guys. Yeah. We're speaking to what we can speak to, and that is being dads, both of which we are. Yeah. And so maybe in the future we'll have an episode where we can bring in a lady and we can talk and we can do an episode on moms as well. But today we're just keeping it focused on dads. Yeah. Here's God's divine design. Matthew alluded to it a moment ago. It, it, this won't fit with culture, mm-hmm. but we're real-time truth here, okay? So we're, we're coming at this from the perspective of the Bible And from the perspective that we didn't get here by an accident, God created us and he made Adam. From Adam, he took a bone, a rib, and made woman. Mm -hmm. God brought the woman to the man. So it's God's design that there be a man and a woman. They were told to be fruitful and multiply and they started having kids. So this is God's design. Now, you can argue with that. I can argue with that. But the authority here that I'm using, we're using, is the, is the Bible. I'm holding a Bible. Okay. That being said, this, this is where the dynamic comes in. The role of a masculine father and a feminine mother. That will not fit this culture, but we're not here to talk about the culture. This is real-time truth, and the truth that we're purporting to is not what they say at Princeton or Yale or Harvard, not what you hear on The View. It's not what you hear some person that maybe even you respect say. This is coming from the Bible. We're trying to give truth from the Word of God, which is timeless. That being said, the role of fathers is critical. And somehow in our culture, we've started to say, it's not that big a deal. And again, to the moms who are out there who are doing this all by yourself, you're my heroes. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. You've had to pick up the slack and actually do some of the things that maybe aren't even natural to you because you know that that element is needed in your home. Yeah, Timothy in Scripture, he had a mom and a grandma, Lois and Eunice, that raised him. He had an MIA, missing in action dad, whether he was dead or just not involved. 
And this is what we're trying to say to dads today. Hey, dad, listen up. Be involved in your kids' lives, mm -hmm. okay? It's one thing to go out and earn a living and make sure that they've got plenty of toys at Christmas and they go on a vacation to the beach, okay? That's all great. It's great that you're saving for the college education, but they want you mm -hmm. and they want to be with you. And dads, we must be teaching them in our role in our God-gifted role as a man. That's the, the part of us that says it's 9 o'clock and you want to go outside and play? Go for it. You know, that's kind of sometimes that's what a dad does. A dad says, you want to jump off the back of the couch? You're probably going to break your arm, but go for it. And and that's not to be silly or mm -hmm. what, but I, this, this, is the, this is the role. And particularly as it relates to, to, to let's say, boys in a home, a, a boy begins to want to understand and experience what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. He says to his dad, can I put some of that shaving cream on my face, mm -hmm. dad? Can I? And they'll almost mimic with their hand or their finger doing that. They want to grow up and be like dad. And then for the girls, for the, the, the girls that wants to sit in daddy's lap and be snuggled by dad and be told by dad, Honey, you're beautiful. You're my you're my little girl, and I'm I'm so thankful for you, and I love you. There's those roles mm -hmm. that have to be played out in the home by the dad, and there's nothing wrong with that. And just to tag off what you just said about the the way that our kids look up to us, and especially for girls, I, I have a son, but I have two old I have two daughters as well, and it's the it's the girl that's getting dressed up and then coming and twirling in front of dad. Yeah. The thing is, is sure, mom will help instill femininity in that young girl. But it's dad who will give value to that femininity. Absolutely. Because it's it's for him. He's that chief man in her life until one day when he has the opportunity to hand her off to her forever husband. He is that chief person in her life then, and she seeks to be that beautiful little girl to him in that instance as well. Yeah. And dad, if you and I are not there to give that to her, then she will seek that in all kinds of ways, mm -hmm. in all kinds of places. I'm not I'm not throwing a blanket over all this and trying to stereotype and saying every girl will go out and, you know, seek this. You know what I'm saying when I'm saying this. This gets into the 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 sexual stuff. But she is longing for some man in her life to say you're special. Mm -hmm. You're beautiful. You have value and you have worth for who you are. And, and that's what we're trying to talk about here. That role that, that a father plays in a home. And so with that, the point I want to kind of get across and that we both want to get across today is that fathers bestow identity and value. And so as a, as a regular episode of Real Time Truth, I want to take you to a passage of scripture and I want to start in Genesis. Yeah. And so this is the passage of scripture. Um, we're all the way down to Jacob. You know, there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, became the 12 tribes of Israel. And in this moment, you're getting ready to witness the birth of Benjamin. And so in verse 16 of Genesis 35, it says, Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel went into labor, and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you have another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Benoni, 
but his father called him Benjamin. Now, I want to explain to you exactly yeah. what that means, okay? And I don't want to cast shade on Rachel or justify what she said either. The woman was dying. Mm-hmm. She was not long in this earth. But the thing is, she named her son the son of my sorrow. Now, just to help you get a better grasp of what that was, she literally named him, I'm sorry I had him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she was clearly... You can't. What kind of what kind of life was that kid going to have growing up in this world? Yeah. No, she was again. She was more focused on the fact that she was getting ready to leave this world than she was on the fact that her son was entering it. Yes, and he was going to forever introduce himself or have people call him the name. My mom, sorry, she had me. Hmm. What a way to live! And his father intervened and said, no, that is not the identity that you will have in this world. And he named him Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand or the son of my strength. And so imagine now what he was saying about his son is because you're my son and for no other reason, because his son hadn't done anything special at that time. He was telling his son, you are special and you have what it takes. Yeah. And so it makes me think, of uh, it makes me think of a movie. I was telling you about this movie yep. the other day. Great. Uh, secondhand lines. If you've never seen it, you need to go and see. And it. And it's lines. L i o n s. Our lines, not l i n e s. And it's the it's a movie about a boy who over a summer grows into manhood by spending time with a couple of old rowdy uncles. And there was after one scene where Uncle Hub has just uh, kind of had a run in with some greasers and kind of showed them who was really boss and then goes on to give them the what every boy needs to know about being a man speech. You see the greasers leave and he sits down on the porch next to Walter, the boy we were talking about, and uh, just taking a breath. And, uh, and he decides to head on to the house. And so he says, good night, kid. And his and Walter very timidly, but still says that he says, it's Walter. And his uncle says, say what? He said, it's Walter. And he says, not manly enough. Mm-hmm. How about I call you Walt? And the boy started to grin. Yeah. And he turns around Uncle Hub to go back inside and says, good night, Walt. And he leaves the boy just kind of smiling out at the stars. And that's a picture of what you just read in Genesis 35. His identity from being a boy to growing into manhood was changing. Yeah. And his name change reflected that. His, he was being given an identity. And if you watch the movie, you'll see he didn't have a, a real dad to speak of. And so here you see again, a father figure bestows identity and value. Absolutely. The thing that we wanted to get across today and hopefully is coming across is the fact that as a dad, we are to seek to literally speak into the lives of our children the fact that they're valuable for who they are, not even what they do. Some kids are more talented than others. Some kids are just smarter than others. We're all born with the brains we're given and then we have to utilize them. But the fact that if you have a child that maybe is not the most intellectual child, but let's say it's a boy and he's good with his hands, then brag on him when he does something great. He may be six years old, but he's using his Legos and he's built a really cool tower. Mm-hmm. And dad, you're tired and you're busy and the phone is nonstop and it, it, and you don't want to get down on the floor with him because you've still got on your nice slacks that you came home from work in. Get in the floor. You can wipe the dust bunnies off later. 
and spend time with the boy and say, son, man, look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at what you built. And it builds within that young man. My dad thinks I'm special. He thinks that I have value and I have worth. And He's proud of me. Proud of me. And so we can give all kinds of examples as to why that, that that's the case. And the same is true for daughters. I remember years ago, quick little story. Um, my dad and I, uh, my dad was gone a lot when I was a kid. Uh, worked at uh, a company that, that took him away a lot. and uh, But we went and chopped wood one day. And uh, my job, uh, dad was cutting it. I was to load the truck. And um, my dad said to me just once, son, make sure when you load that truck, you load it in such a way that none of the wood's going to roll off when we drive out of this, this bumpy road from the woods. I'm telling you, I worked so hard. We worked all day. We stopped at one point and had some beanie weenies and saltine crackers and some cheese. And it was just in a little sack. And my dad looked over at me and he looked back over his shoulder. We were sitting on the tailgate of the truck. And he said, you're doing a good job, son. And he looked at me and he said, he said, that's man's work. I was like 12 years old. And to this day, I tear up thinking about it. Mm. My dad said I was doing a man's job. And that meant something to me. Yeah. And in this age of where it, there's this description of toxic ma- masculinity, um, men, don't be afraid of being a man. Mm-mm. And don't be afraid, if even if you're a young person, a young man listening to this, it's okay to want to be a knight in shining armor. It's yeah. okay to, to, to want to wield the sword and, and to defend the palace uh, where your queen and your children are residing when the dragon is coming to take you out. It's okay to be a man. And that's the point of being a father is to bestow those things, those kind of identities, uh, be it a boy or, or, or the, the, the love that we have for our daughters and, and, and describing their beauty uh, to them and their worth. These are all important things. Absolutely. So I think, do, I think that we're about at yeah. the place where we need to kind of cut it off. Yeah. And so, Kevin, what would be some encouragement that you have? And we've already kind of said a few things, but what would be your encouragement to dads out there and maybe even someone who maybe they're in that situation we're talking about where they don't really yeah have a dad hey dad if you're in the home and you're a dad um know your kid's favorite color do you know their favorite color know it ask them their favorite food sometimes you've just got to stop dad they they appreciate all the stuff believe me but at the end of the day you know what they want you. Mm. And if you're there in a home that doesn't have a father, listen, your heavenly father, God, he loves you. He'll provide for you and he'll take care of you. And so you can lean into him. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Take care.